Hi everyone, this is Jen Kesnick and you're listening to UBU and I'll Be Me. And today on the podcast I have on Amber Runyon, who is the founder and CEO of the 11th Candle Company. Amber, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I guess we should start at what is the 11th Candle Company? Yeah, so we're a social enterprise, um, and we work um, to employ, empower, and educate um, people um, up against what's happening with human trafficking, as well as work over in Ethiopia um, with a foster care program and a women's co-op over there. So really just kind of trying to create social change around uh, a consumable product. Yeah, so um, people can buy the candles um, anywhere just from your website, correct? Uh, correct. So from our website, then we have some local shops here in the Columbus, Ohio area um, that we have our candles in and a few that are out of state as well. Oh, nice. Well, I watched your videos um, that are on Vimeo. If anyone can you know, go over and check those out, they're really touching. And the work that you do, like you say, seems insurmountable, but really you're just trying to help one person at a time. Yeah. And that's kind of where really where I think we differ from a lot of a lot of other social enterprises is that we're really looking at making true sustainable change, like in a really deep and broad way um, with the people that we employ. So we're never like we never want to be one of those companies that are all about like we've employed 8 million people and we've done all that. Like we're happy and satisfied with small groups of people um, to be able to really make that good sustainable change. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just, again, and then I watched the second video of like your second year working and you seem like visibly like this has been really hard. Yeah. And so I, I am a pretty open and, and vulnerable person as well as that's really what our company is as well. And that when it came time to make our second year video, we work with our video people all the time um, and sitting down with them and, and they've become friends. And, and Steve said, so what do we want to do this year? And I was like, well, it's been a really hard year. And he's like, well, then let's just tell the truth. Let's just tell the story. Yeah. So um, I had it in my inbox for about two or three weeks before we actually let them like press play on it, uh, like to like to like put it out to the public because it was really hard because it was this place of we yes, we are succeeding in so many ways. But like this is really hard work. And and this is it takes a lot more money and it takes a lot more skill and it takes a lot more patience than than it does. Than, than what one thought and, and you get really burnt out and exhausted. And, and so it was, it was the only decision we could make as a company, right? Like we needed to be truthful and honest. And, and I think a lot of people are watching what we're doing and watching what companies like us are doing. And it is so not a good idea to make it seem like it's always roses and butterflies because then people go into this thinking like, Ooh, this is super easy. Yeah. Right? So the other day it was like, Oh my gosh, what's your one key to success? And I was like, is there just one? Because <laughs> I don't think there is number one. Number two, like it's just, it's hard. Yes. And so you're surrounding yeah. yourself. I mean, life is hard and everybody gets roadblocks thrown in front of them, but you're like purposefully surrounding yourself with a lot of roadblocks that you're trying to bust through to help other people. And that can be daunting. 
Yeah, it, it is. It's daunting. And and I think what I had to learn the really hard way was that I had to take care of myself first. Yeah. Um, and that came through a way. I mean, I literally, I hit rock bottom. I mean, uh, our company was doing great and we're excelling in many areas and all these things that I personally was miserably failing. I mean, it is, it was a really, really, and I had to take a time out and say like, look, if I'm not well, like the company is for sure not going to be well. Right. Um, and so I think that that's kind of where, as a company, our culture again shifted, and that like we are we are one of self care for everybody. Um, everybody in our in our company is in therapy, from CEO to women in our program to home office staff. It's it's a, it's a requirement. That's amazing. Um, and we do group therapy, and and we work through different things, and we have those really hard conversations, and we try to figure out how we can work together as a team to make these things work. Because the better that we are. The better the the better and more opportunities that we have for other women, right? We, I we say I we I literally just left a staff meeting to come to, to do this podcast, and in that staff meeting, the the way that we, I broke it down to them is like, look, if we do this, then that equals this much more employment for women, right? Right, and so showing them that like if you're here, whether you're home office staff, you're the CEO, you're a woman in our program, you're the lucky one, right? We're not working, we're no longer working for you. You're working for the women who are still out on the street. You're working for the women who still need to be helped. Yeah. And so kind of really changing that perspective around what we're actually doing. That's amazing. And I feel like that is a business model for the future that, you know, you've already created that people can emulate because really it's the only way to find success is through like self-care and self-love. Yeah, for sure. And I think that what I learned and what I saw happen through our company was that was that when I started taking care of myself and I started doing that, then my staff started doing it. Right. It, was, it was incredible, right? Like, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get, I'm going to really focus on my physical. I, every quarter I pick something else to focus, something new to focus on. So like this quarter, I'm like, you know what? I'm really going to focus on my physical health. And so I signed up for a gym membership and then two of my other staff members were like, you know what? I think I want to start joining you at the gym. Like, I, and so we go and we work out as a team. That's nice. And so I think it's really fascinating from a leadership standpoint is that here's the deal. The people that you're leading are watching you, whether you yeah. like it or you don't, right. they're watching every single thing that you do. Absolutely. And so the healthier that you become, the healthier your team becomes, it's a byproduct of that. Yeah. And women need to do things together. You know, like we, we want to be in a, a tribe. Yeah. And I think that that's the other interesting thing too. That's a, that's a very good point is that people want to be led, right? People want to be, people want to be led and especially women, they want to be led and they want to belong to something bigger than them. And so that's why I think our company has done so well is because we've created this space for people to be part of something that's bigger than them that isn't serving them, which is interesting because the way that we find love is that we give love. Yeah. Right? And so everybody's like, Oh, I need to be loved. No, you need to love. Yeah. Like that's how you. And so I think that it's been really cool to watch people kind of rally around women that they've never met women that they'll probably never meet and say, you know what? I want to be able to provide employment for you. So I know if I buy this candle that I'm providing employment for a woman, providing care for a child you're never going to meet. And so I think it's really cool to watch people have this sense of belonging in this company that, that, that I've, it's really cool to kind of watch. It is. And, you know, it's it's interesting when I was watching the video and you were saying, um, you know, human trafficking is not just like, you know, I think human trafficking, I think of, you know, somebody getting kidnapped, you know, and, and it's not that. It's just 
women who have fallen on hard times who want to try and create a life for their family or pay their bills or, you know, whatever it is. It was very interesting to me um, to look at it that from that point. How did you get involved in that from the beginning? Yeah, so I'm a nurse by trade. Um, I wasn't always a candle maker. <laughs> and <laughs> funny, huh? <laughs> um, and um, I did a bunch of medical mission trips, and one of them landed me over in Ethiopia where I fell in love with a little girl, um, Mulu. If you watched the videos, we got to see sweet little Mulu. Yeah. Um, and one trip I was over there, I just, I would work to go see her, work to go see her, work to go see her, had no desire to start a nonprofit or for like, this was not anywhere in my like bucket of dreams of things to do. Yeah. Um, and one day in the middle of the day, I watched two little girls that were about seven and nine being trafficked in broad daylight. They had, they're blindfolded and being led through the village with this guy with like a stick behind them. And I was like, what are they doing? to my to my translator and he said oh they're being sold um i said i'm i'm sorry i, I don't understand what you're saying to me thinking there's yeah. like a translation yeah. barrier and he was like they're being sold and i'm like i i still don't understand what you're saying to me so they're being sold for sex and they're blindfolded so they can't figure out where they're going Ugh. and i was like i'm sorry they're what yeah like, i mean it shook me to my core yeah um and so i came back to columbus and at three o'clock in the morning you're either googling how long is jesus's hair right. or you know <laughs> or something productive and so that night i googled like columbus ohio's biggest social issue human trafficking and i was like that's not right so i asked the question like five different ways and sure enough if it wasn't human trafficking columbus is the fourth largest in the united states and I thought, well, if I were to bring Mulu back to Columbus, she would have the same likelihood of being trafficked here as she does there. I don't want to live in a world where little girls can be bought and sold. And so I try to figure out, like, how do we fix this problem, right? And if we go, if we look at how do we fix this from going from raped to redeemed, where do we fall short? Yeah. You know, there's housing, there's you know rehabilitation, there's all the things. But what I found was that the hump that most people can't get over is employment. Mm-hmm. Because nobody wants to hire them. Ugh. Right? Yeah. And so I thought, well, that's simple. We'll just create a company that hires people, right? So naive of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, my friend once said to me, if I had a crystal ball, I'd never get out of, get out of bed. So, you know, what you don't know is kind of like that you're, you're protected by what you don't know. Right. It, it's, the, it's the burden of knowledge, right? Yeah. So now I know I have the choice. I can turn my eye to it or I cannot. Right. Which is why education is such a big part of our company. Our goal is to educate everybody on what human trafficking looks like, to educate women around the world on what it looks like for their husbands to be buying sex and what it looks like to ha not have their children be bought and sold. Yeah. And once you know, you can't unknow. And it's right. you're the kind of person that feels like, okay, well, now I know this. It's my responsibility to do something. Yeah, because eventually I want to have children, and I would love to live in a world where I would not have to worry about my little girl being bought and sold. Yeah. 1000 like, percent. what a wonderful world that would be yeah it's it's hard to imagine because it's not in our face like why it's not in our face i don't know it should be in our face but like for you to see these two little girls in ethiopia like how could this same how could this be happening anywhere but you know we all think like not in the united states but it's everywhere oh it's absolutely everywhere i think that I think that we just don't know what it looks like, right? right? We, we haven't quite put the face to human trafficking. When we think human trafficking, we think of somebody from off of a boat somewhere, which is not true. The United States has more domestic slaves, sex, sex trafficking slaves than any, than, than foreign, right? So they're, 
they're here in the United States, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I think second to that, we think it's a druggie down on whatever slums of your city with a needle on their arm. Right. That is human trafficking also, right? I'm not downplaying that, but what is also human trafficking is the average age that somebody's trafficked is 13. Oh my God. It's our 13 year olds. That's what human trafficking is. Awful. Right. The, and then the, uh, the average age, little, little boy looks at porn is six and he's addicted by 11. So the people that are buying sex are not what we think they look like either. Right. right. And so that's why it's hard. It's done in darkness. And what's done in darkness has to be brought to light. That's how we deal with it. Yeah. That is unbelievable. I had no idea. So you now. OK, so tell us about Mulu. Yeah, so this is where the story becomes unfun, um, is that uh, about two years ago, she was kidnapped, so I have not seen her in two years. I'm so sorry, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah, definitely not the story ending that one would like. Um, It's a a lot of political stuff, it's a lot of money stuff, I don't really like to go into super huge detail about it, because unless you really want to take the three hours for me to fully sit down and explain to you how this happened and why it happened, um, it's it's just, it's really complicated. Yeah, yeah, so, but this is what I do know, is that, is that I, I firmly believe with all of my heart that one day the two of us will we'll see each other again. Yeah. That gives me great hope. But as a, outside of that is that there are thousands of Mulus, both in my backyard and overseas, that need somebody to stand up and advocate for them. That's right. And so you can the way you can continue on is by knowing that you're helping so many people, or at least one girl at a time. Right. And I think that that's where... And, and my why hasn't changed, right? My why has always been and will always be Mulu. And and I think that the reason that that it hasn't changed is because that's still the legacy that I want to leave, is that I saw this problem and I took action on it. Whether or not we help we help 8 million people or we help 8 people, yeah. I think that that's, that's what I... That's what I would want to be remembered for. That's what I would want to, like, our company to be remembered for is that we made actual, true, sustainable change. Yeah, and when you when you look out, out on the horizon at all the millions and millions and millions of issues and problems and everything else, it's insurmountable. So you just, you know, lower your gaze and pick the thing that's right in front of you. Right, and I think that that's the thing, is that human trafficking is so multi-layered, right? There's housing, and there's rehabilitation, and there's so many, there's, there's poverty and lack of education, and all of these different things. There's demand reduction, and, and so when you look at human trafficking overall, it seems absolutely like, oh, I can't fix this, this is absolutely impossible, which is true. But what you can do is just pick one thing. And so what we always try to encourage people as a company is is to use your purchasing power. If every one of your listeners just simply bought all of their gifts from our company or companies like ours, yep. there would be hundreds of thousands of lives changed. Yeah. And so, so that's it. Just change where you buy your gifts from. Right. And it doesn't have to be our company. I mean, we'd love for you to purchase our products, but find other companies that you're excited about. Yeah. All of the accessories that I wear come from companies that are similar like ours. So I can't live a slave-free life. Nobody can because that's just how our, unfortunately, how our world is designed right now. You, there's not enough money and for uh, for you to be, be able to buy everything like that. And so I pick certain areas in my life and say, okay, all of my coffee is going to be slave-free and all of my accessories are going to be slave-free. And where do you think, is there a resource where people can find out like what products are sold that go to this no 
that would be that would be a really cool resource. Maybe I should make that a yeah a goal of mine. Um, no, I find <laughs> just add one more thing to the list, Amber. Right, right. Um, I try to find companies that are similar to ours. So I, I really like Noonday Collection for like their accessories. Um, I there, there's a coffee local coffee company here that sources um, ethically, and so I buy my coffee from them. And and so I think it's just doing a little bit of research about the company that you're buying from. Right. Uh, well, thank you so much for reaching out and uh, coming on the podcast to talk about this and making people aware of it. I really urge people to um, go to your website and check out the videos because you really you're you're obviously honest and real, and it come it's it's very emotional. It was I was emotional watching it. I can't imagine you know living it um, and. You know, just do what you can because now that you know, you can't unknow. Yeah, and I think the thing too for for all the listeners to hear is to do it in your lane. So this doesn't require you like quitting your job and moving to Africa <laughs> and and changing the world. Right. Right. Now, did I choose to do that? I did not move to Africa, but did I choose to quit my job and to start this and to do a nonprofit and a for profit? I did. I I I chose that, but not everybody has to choose that. Right. It's, Finding a way in your own lane, like maybe you're an attorney, you could volunteer at, to help people get their records expunged. Maybe you're a doctor, you could open up two slots and treat women. Maybe you're a dentist and you could provide dental care. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom and you're up to your eyes with kids and boogers and goo and all that <laughs> stuff, but you could buy our gifts. Yeah, buy a candle. Right. That, that, right. This, this little light of mine, like it's that simple. Yeah. Just figure out a way to make your light shine. Yeah. And how, so, okay, other than the website 11th Candle, what, where does that name come from, by the way? Um, it is uh, based off the parable of Matthew. So for people that are not of, of not of Christian faith, a parable it just simply means a story. So it's the story in the, in the book of Matthew um, where they talk about the worker in the field. And the, there's a foreman, and he goes out into the market, and he sees all these people standing idle in the fifth hour, and he says, you know, go and work. And, and then he goes back out in the ninth hour and there's still more people standing there. And he says, go and work out in the field. And he goes out into even to the 11th hour and says, why are you still standing here? Why are you not working? And they said, because nobody will hire us. And they said, you two go out into the work, go, you two go out in the field. And so then when it came time to pay them, um, the foreman told the, the field master to pay the last ones first and to give them 25 denarius. And so he paid the last ones first and he gave them the same amount of money that the people that were there the first part of the day got it. And the people at the first part of the day said, this isn't fair. Why do we bear the labor of the day and the heat of the sun? And we still got paid the same amount of money. And he said, did you not agree upon 25 denarius? And he says, well, yeah. And he said, so let this be as the kingdom of heaven that the last shall be first and the first shall be last. And so even until the 11th hour, we believe that there's still hope. And the reason that they stand idle is because nobody will hire them. Uh. Wow. So that's where the 11th hour comes from. That's, I never knew that story. I've said it a million times. That's where it comes from. Amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're 11th candle, not 11th. A lot of people are like, you're still your 11th hour. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> so that, that would really confuse a lot of people. Um, so no, so 11th in, in, in kind of having that, um, kind of having that, um, idea that even in that 11th hour that there's still hope. Right. We're still here for you. Yeah. Well, thank you and, for. And the first shall be last, and the last shall be first, right? That's that's an extra little bonus. Yeah. Um, thank you for that. And so follow you on Instagram, 
yeah. Facebook? Facebook, Instagram for the company. If you want to see lots of pictures of puppies and my adventures, Amber and running on Instagram. <laughs> okay, perfect. I'm not really that exciting on Instagram, <laughs> but if you like if you like dogs and sunsets, then my Instagram's for you. <laughs> Who doesn't like puppies and sunsets? Come on. Right? Um, well, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. And yeah, I thanks. hope that uh, you know, I've, I'll follow along and watch the story and see how it grows. Yeah. Year three video, we just started doing the storyline for that. So we always release it right around our birthday, which is in December. So Nice. We'll, we'll put on a new one this year as well. All right. Well, we'll be watching for it. Thank you, Amber. All right. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please check out Amber's work. Um, it's truly amazing. And as always, um, if you like what you hear, please hit up iTunes, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Uh, thanks, everybody. Work hard. Be nice. Have fun. Peace.